Futility to life. Is this a mistaken idea? Hello, my name is Stephen Russell Lacey. In this episode, I ask about the usefulness of suffering. Is suffering pointless or can any meaning be found in it? Is life futile or meaningful? I have seen too many times, says Dr. James Doty, neurosurgeon, the arbitrariness of a world in which an incredibly kind and wonderful person meets a sudden and painful death. And I've also seen people who are fundamentally unkind and even evil flourish. You may assume that events in the world are mostly random, but at the same time, do not accept a futility to life. Then you may be interested in finding some meaning to the suffering we see all around us. Sometimes things get on top of us, then don't we feel like petulantly demanding there be no difficulty, no adversity, no trouble for us to have to face? The problem is life does not deliver all that we want. It makes no sense that because we desire something that it must be so. We can strongly prefer that there be no pain and misery, but how does it follow just because we prefer this, it must be so? One may cast a dysfunctional parent as the reason for one's unhappiness. Instead, we may be pointing the figure at a less than satisfactory intimate relationship a financial disadvantage, or something else. We also might choose to hold a grudge against others, or against life itself for our woes. Now, I believe such thoughts suggest an unhealthy sense of entitlement, and that these feelings of victimhood get in the way of developing more mature and helpful ways of thinking. To habitually cast blame on something or someone for one's unhappiness perpetuates bitterness, resentment and powerlessness. Such traits hinder the growth of feelings of equanimity, of acceptance and of autonomy. Thich Nhat Hanh, a Buddhist writer, wrote, Almost all painful feelings have their source in an incorrect way of looking at reality. What attitudes we choose to adopt can change our experience of life. Are we stuck in the past, going over and over in our heads how someone badly treated us? Instead, are we just thankful that a bad experience is over? I would suggest that misfortune can be a chance to learn the role of survivor. It can prompt the courage that is required to tackle the unknown. It makes us go in a new direction and experience new confidence that comes from success. John Milton, the writer of Paradise Lost, said, The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell, a hell of heaven. So, when things go wrong, they challenge us to try to think in reasonable ways. 
Immanuel Swedenborg, a spiritual philosopher, wrote, What good is, and indeed what blessedness and happiness are, nobody, with even the sharpest mind, is able to perceive, unless he has experienced the state of being deprived of good, blessedness and happiness. It is from this experience that he acquires a sphere of perception, and he acquires it to the same degree that he has experienced the contrary state. We can react to the horrors of life by feeling overwhelmed, but this does not help us change the things that we are in a position to do something about. For some people, it is good to take cold showers in the morning or lead a self-denying lifestyle. But I must admit, this is not for me. They, however, think that this sort of discomfort can instill self-discipline, and they may be right. It reminds them of the insignificance of bodily comfort compared with other values. The psychiatrist Viktor Frankl cites a study at the Yale School of Medicine looking at ex-prisoners of war in Vietnam. The attitude of a large proportion of these people impressed researchers. Their captivity was extraordinarily stressful, filled as it was with disease, malnutrition and solitary confinement. Nevertheless, many explicitly stated that they somehow benefited from seeing it as a meaningful experience. Whatever trials come into our lives, they might be somehow essential in forming who we are. When people lose their property to fires or earthquakes, it shakes their foundations. Some may reflect that they can eventually replace what are only material things of this world. After the crisis, they may see such material acquisitions as less important and find more meaning to life than consumerism. Face up, if they choose, to their need for spiritual principles. Any sense of the futility of life is countered by the way we can reflect on what we really value. A bout of illness can help a patient reappraise an unhealthy lifestyle. Of course, not everyone learns from their mistakes. The painfully inflamed tendon in my arm was frustrating me. It forced me to rest and ration my work of splitting logs. It was my wife who rightly pointed out that I needed to learn to pace myself, not to rush in reusing muscles and tendons which have grown tight and weak due to underuse. Apparently, she says, gardeners tend to hurry out in the spring and strain their backs after a winter of inactivity. Without pain, we could not be warned of our mistakes or recognise danger. Once scorched or burned, we soon learn to avoid hot surfaces and naked flames. Toothache teaches us to take better care of our teeth and gums. 
Another consideration is that when others suffer loss or hardship, they may well need our help. Such help involves an effort to do something good for them. Without suffering, there would be no call for compassion. Helen Keller, who suffered from deafness, muteness and blindness, wrote, The world is full of suffering. It is also full of overcoming it. I would say when we feel a futility to life, let us remember the meaning of compassion. Through suffering negative states, we can learn self-improvement, like learning self-control over alcohol consumption due to our suffering the effects of a hangover. Also, unless we suffer frustration, how could we learn patience without guilt? How could we feel a sense of acceptance and forgiveness? With no experience of persistent difficulty, how might we develop endurance? Unless we face danger, why would we ever need courage? No, I'm not saying suffering is a desirable end in itself, but we can see it as a gateway to personal renewal. Who doesn't need to learn to set aside selfish and foolish ways in developing their character? Actually, there is an easier way to consider suffering as the result of selfishness. This is when considering results of extreme selfish conduct of others. I watched a film recently called Dark Angel. It was based on a true story of Mary Ann Cotton, who travelled around the northeast of England and insinuated herself into unsuspecting homes. She married and created new families of her own before killing them, taking their money and moving on. At one point, she says, mistakes get made and you're too far in to get out. She identified with the wickedness in herself and continued as a serial killer. It is useful then for suffering which results from self-centeredness to show itself at least potentially useful. So says philosopher Swedenborg. He wrote that otherwise we could not know self-centeredness and learn to resist it. We could not recognise and tackle pride, envy, greed, malice, and other forms of selfish behaviour. And this is the case even if they might cause all sorts of unpleasant experiences. These were his words. Unless evils were allowed to surface, we would not see them and therefore would not admit to them. So we could not be induced to resist them. That is why evils cannot be suppressed by some exercise of divine providence. If they were, they would stay closed in and like the diseases called cancer and gangrene, would spread and devour everything that is alive and human. There are probably times when we f feel like we cannot pull through what is going wrong in our life, that we don't have the needed physical, mental or emotional strength. Feeling dejection helps us to realise we cannot hope to conquer the lower forces of the mind, at least 
not in our own strength alone. The religious person speaks of a broken and contrite heart. Rather than rely on the illusion of self-sufficiency, he or she seeks rescue from despair. Do we need help from a higher power, one that comes from beyond ourselves? Life challenges us, does it not, to call upon our image of a divine spirit, one that might inspire and lift us to a higher level of consciousness, where the forces of spite and fear and envy cannot hurt us? To sum up, some people think about adversity in terms of soul-building, and according to their view, suffering hardship and even pain can be good for the soul. As Tichnan Han said, no mud, no lotus. I would suggest suffering can teach us lessons we do need to learn. That, it, that suffering does promote balance, it promotes evaluation and purification. <laughs>